Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Say what needs to be said. Mr. Pick 6 back with another episode. All right, we got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Let me talk about my weekend first. Let me talk about my weekend. If y'all ain't know, if y'all ain't here, if y'all ain't never, if y'all ain't here, y'all ain't see the flyer. We had the first annual Asante Samuel football classic at the Asante Samuel Complex at my high school, Boyd Anderson High School. Let me tell you, it was amazing. You know, they put on a good show for your boy, man. Had me feeling amazing. Uh, uh, it was Boyd Anderson High School versus Ely High School. And, you know, they did the, it, it, it did the mural, they did the picture, they painted the field, all those good things, the bells and whistles, and, you know, touched my heart, man. And I just had to give a shout-out to the BA staff, to BA family, man. Um, Y'all, y'all did an amazing job, man. Y'all touched my heart, and I can't thank y'all enough, man. Can't send nothing but gratitude and love to y'all, man. So shout out to the BA crew, right? Now, week one, like I say, week one is always the craziest week in the NFL. It's so unpredictable. Uh, games go up and down, left and right. You know, fumbles this and punt returns this. It's just it's very unpredictable. It's the first game, you know, they got to iron out all the bells and whistles and the wrinkles in the in the teams and stuff like that. So it's a fun week to watch because it's kind of unpredictable. So, now let's talk about one of the uh, one of the early matchups that was going on. We talk about uh, 49ers uh, versus the Steelers. And the 49ers versus Steelers, let me tell you, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, he is very impressive out there. Brock Purdy look like he is ready to lead this team to potentially a Super Bowl. Definitely deep in the playoffs because they already were going deep, deep in the playoffs, but definitely a Super Bowl. If he can play like that and he can maintain, maintain that team and, and be the quarterback that knows how to control the team and the tempo the way he did and, and, and the ball possession with the defense they have and the way they play defense and fly around, that's all you got to do. That's all you need. You don't need the best quarterback, the, the top quarterback in the league. You just need a Brock Purdy, right? Brock Purdy. Let me tell you, he was 19 for 29, 220 yards. I think he had what two in a, two touchdowns and no interceptions. If I got it right, and um, let me tell you another uh, another special thing, another bright spot. I think I found that you know you might not not have realized he might have found his favorite target with Brandon and you. You know what I'm Brandon are you? He had eight receptions for 129 yards and two TDs himself. So Brock, man, let me tell you, Brock, Brock ready to do his thing. He ready to lead this team to glory. It was a show. It was it was. How supposed to get it done? You're supposed to go out there and win the game, lead the, uh, uh, lead your team to victory. But the score was 30 to 7? 30 to 7, man. That was impressive. Putting those, those points, defense holding them out. And, um, you know, Brock Purdy got a chance to do something special. Seventh round pick, Mr. Relevant. Seventh round pick, Mr. Relevant, just a year ago. Has a chance to lead this team to a Super Bowl. Now, if you ain't see what, what a year can do for, 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 for a player, man, listen, man, watch out for them. If everything goes high, smooth, you know, barring injury, you know how everybody know it go through injuries in the NFL. Watch out for Brock Purdy and the 49ers. Now, on the other hand, uh, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. High expectations for Kenny Pickett. You know, a top draft pick, a you know, first round pick for the, for the Steelers. And what are you going out there and doing? We're laying seven points, barely seven points. Now, Pittsburgh, great defense, good defense, uh, always known for a good defense, right? Pittsburgh Steelers. But Kenny Pickett, he is not the answer for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to tell you that right now. 
Kenny Pickett is not the answer for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, guys is open. Uh, guys is creating creating space from the defenders, and he's just not hitting the guys. He's not the word efficient like I had to use for quarterbacks. He, 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 he's not delivering the ball how it needs to be delivered, when it needs to be delivered, where it needs to be delivered. It's just as simple as that. I mean, Kenny Pickett, what was his stats? What was his stats? 31 for 46, 232 yards, a 68.4 rating. He was 31 for 46. Throwing the ball all over the place, man. And um, really not getting it done. Basically, uh, taking sacks, not being quick with the ball to get it out your hand, and just basically not making the plays, hitting the receivers like you're supposed to. And, you know, it didn't look good. I don't know what the expectations in that division that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have. Because right now you're looking like you're going to be last because that's a tough division. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got the Cincinnati Bengals. You know it might be you. You are the Cincinnati Bengals. You got the Cleveland Browns, and then you got the uh, the Ravens. So you know the Bengals ain't look so good, but I'm sure <laughs> they're gonna look better than the the Steelers when it's time for them to play each other. But man, it, like I said, the the Steelers we gotta we gotta get it gotta get it right, man. You gotta get it right. Gotta figure that out with Pickett or Pickett, man. I don't know what to say, man. They was going. They're going to have to uh, figure that out with you. But Patrick Peterson, Patrick Peterson, man, let's talk about Patrick Peterson. Pat P, the whole time, Pat P, man. Pat P say he guaranteed he was going to get an interception off of Brock Purdy, right? All right? He say, I got some keys and some tips, man, formations and stuff, and I he give away some things, and I'm going I'm to give, I'm going to get an interception on him, right? I, I wasn't never the shit talker like that. And I didn't have the heart and the guts to make a bold prediction like that. But I like when when people go out there and make predictions such as himself, uh, uh, Pat Peter, hometown homie, uh, made a prediction say he was going to say, I like that, man. It's good entertainment for the game. And I, I like that he didn't wasn't saying like, you know, the receiver, you ain't catch nothing because the receiver don't got the ball. He, he calls out the, the quarterback and say, I'm going to pick off the quarter because that's who got the ball. You know, all the other stuff is just hype. But you, I'm going to get that ball, man. Well, whoever you throwing the ball at, if it's on me, I'm going, I'm, I'm coming to get that ball. Nah, he didn't. He didn't get the ball. He didn't intercept the ball. But he had some good opportunities, right? He had one play on, on Kittle. He had two hands on the came inside. Almost had it. You know, I was rooting for him, man. And I, I would have. I hope he. I wish he would have got intercepted so I could have talked some cash money shit for him on his uh show for him. But man, keep it going, man. Keep having that confidence, Pat P. Man, keep feeling that way. And uh, man, having it's just having fun, man. Nobody take anything personal. Just go out there and then um, uh, you know. One day, you're going to make that prediction it's going to happen. That's how I go in life, right? That's how I go. And let's talk about uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. What is going on with the Cincinnati Bengals? Joe Burrows and the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, what they had? Uh, let me look it up real quick. They lost 24-3 to the Cleveland Browns. It's 24-3 to the Cleveland Browns. Joe Burrows was 14-31 for, for 82 yards and zero touchdowns. What is going on with Joe Burrows and the Cincinnati Bengals? Because this is not like them, and this is totally uncharacteristic. Now, there's it's a couple of things going on in my mind as I'm watching the game and evaluating everything and analyzing everything. It's like, is this, is this Joe Burrows? Is, or was it Cleveland Browns defense that had a lot to do with this? And, and I feel like it was a, Cle a, lot, of, a lot of Cleveland Browns defense. Yeah, they was out of sync. It didn't look like their usual self. Looked like they 
maybe need some more practice uh, taking things for granted and I don't know all those things. But it just looked like Cleveland Brown defense is coming to play some ball. And they came to play some serious ball. They was getting some pressure on them, you know, not making it uh, smooth and easy. His timing was off. And um, Jamar Chase just wasn't making the plays that they used to used to make it. And I, when you take those things away from his two big targets, uh, Higgins and, and, and Chase, I think that that's in itself makes it hard uh, for Joe Burrows because he used to throwing the ball up to Chase a lot too, a big, strong, fast guy. And he wasn't able to do that. And, you know, they had the clamps on them guys. And Joe Burrows, look, he just didn't look like himself, right? Look confused. You know, maybe he was mentally dealing with the, the injury in his head, but you know, um, you know, shout out to Cleveland Browns, right? Shout out to Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson, the resurgence of Deshaun Watson, right? Who expected that? Did y'all expect that? Let me tell you, Deshaun Watson is a winner. Right? He had like 154 yards passing, couple TDs, but the difference is he is making the plays when it's time to win the game. That's what you don't understand as a quarterback. Sometimes it might not be all flashy and have all the yards, but he is making the plays to win the game, right? And he got Nick Chubb with him, you know, had over 100 yards. That duo right there, Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb, that is a, is, a, is, a, is a duo to be reckoned with coming up in the future, right? It's like you got two running backs. And one of your running backs can throw the ball and he can throw it on a dime. And he can throw it on the run 50, 60, 70 yards, right? So he's a weapon and he's going to be a winner. He was on a team that didn't possess the willing environment, the winning environment. But now you check them out now, you're going to see the difference, right? It's, it's all about your environment, right? And Nick Chubb, the defense, Deshaun Watson, there's something to watch out for. You know, that, that division, I said before, see, like all the divisions hard, but that's a tough division. You know, it's known for defense over there with the, the Ravens, the Bengals, and then Pittsburgh. So, you know, it's going to be tough to do, but I know he's ready for it. I know he's ready for it, right? And did y'all see uh, Bajan Robinson, uh, First touchdown, you know, the, I think it was the 10th pick from the Texas, from the Texas uh, University that played for the Falcons. Man, that, that kid got some talent, boy. He is going to definitely help Atlanta Falcons be successful for now and in the near future. When they start keep putting those final pieces to play together for the, for the Falcons, they was able to get that victory. Man, that kid is very talented. That stop and go for that first touchdown was impressive, man. I just had to give him a, a shout out. Uh, because man, I, I want uh, I want everybody to see that because uh, he did his thing on that play right there. And um, Shador Sanders, Shador Sanders, man, I got to tell y'all, Shador Sanders and Coach Prime, Shador Sanders is the real deal. Let me tell you, I know a real deal quarterback when I see one, and he is the real deal. I mean, he is a winner. He has what it takes. He can throw the ball left, right. He can, he, he can feel pressure coming. He knows when to move out of pocket. And he has that touch and accuracy. He has that demeanor of a quarterback and a winner. He has the weapons around. He knows his weapons are, and he uses them wisely. Let me tell you, if you had doubt about Coach Prime, Shador Sanders, and staff before that, you better change your mind, right? Because this is not, this is, it's not a question about last year, it, it, this, it, Coach Prime changed the environment, the program. He already done that. That program has changed. It's over with. This is a new program. The answer and the, the the question now is: Are they going to be a championship team? Will they go to the playoffs? Will they be? Will they go to the championship? And they got a tough game coming up. You know, the, the latter end of their their schedule is tough. And coming up first is going to be the Oregon Ducks. That's who they got to play. The Oregon Ducks, right? 
And for me, let me tell you what I feel about the Oregon Ducks, right? This is going to be a, a talent on talent game. This is when it's going to come out for Coach Prime to establish himself as one of the premier coaches in college football. You got top talent, top talent going against each other. And you got two big colleges on a national stage going at each other. So that's when, I, for me, I want to see what the coach is going to do and how they're going to handle this situation because that's what I think it's going to come down to, right? And for for what else, what I see in, in um, Colorado Buffs, yeah, Coach Prime, he recruited a lot of talent. Over 70 players brought in, right? Talent everywhere. The Coach Prime is a skilled player. Now on that defense, we got to get that defense. We got to get the front four on the defense. We all see we can't be giving up these many points, and we got to get a little better at tackling. So that's the one issue that I see that may hold Colorado back a little bit. There ain't no question about him and, and changing this program. The question is how far he will he go now and, and succeed in the playoffs and in college football. That's, that's what the question is for Coach Prime. Like I said, the test will be coming up against uh, the Oregon Ducks. And that's when we will see what the coaches are made of. Because like I say, Shador Sanders, he the real deal. Ain't no question about him. He definitely moved himself up in the top 10 pick and potentially a Heisman, Heisman um, in, in the Heisman race. Because let me tell you, two games over 900 yards in any level, you throw for 900 yards in two games, high school, Division One, Division Two, Division Three. that is impressive. And that's what that young man did, man. There's nothing you can do, say, take away from that. He is him, right? Anytime, any situation, he ready, man. He coming out. They started off shaking, and they bounced back. And they continue to bounce back. And, you know, like I say, I can't wait to see that big matchup against uh, Colorado, against Oregon, uh, Oregon Ducks. And I want to see uh, Shador Sanders answer and keep answering, right? And Coco Golf, Coco Golf. Y'all don't know the 19-year-old phenom? Tennis, tennis star, man, she just won the U.S. Open, man. I just got to give her a shout out and um, express some gratitude towards her and support. She's 19 years old, and she just won the U.S. Open against um, Arena Sabalinka. Arena Sabalinka, right? And, you know, this is the next uh, Venus and Serena Williams. So we got to support. We got to watch. She uh, did amazing. And the only one part I didn't like about, you know, watching – the interviews and stuff like that and, and watching the match. The the young the young lady arena, Sabalinka, she uh it's like she, she gave she gave Coco a credit, but she would it's like she didn't want to give her too much credit and just you know, you know, put it all on herself like you kind of should do. And she was just saying like everything was unforced, unforced errors, unforced this. Oh man, you made that error because she kind of forced you to make the error. She's they you bringing heat, she bringing heat. So it's like you know, I, I could I, I sensed a little shot in here and there, but um, you know, you know, it, like I say, if y'all ain't see, nineteen year old Coco Golf wins the U.S. Open. Um, and you know, I think Serena, uh, Serena won it at seventeen or something like that. But uh, yeah, man, those tennis players is amazing. The game's amazing. If y'all don't watch tennis, it's electrifying out there. There's some celebrities out there. Who all was out there? We had a, uh, we had a. Uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, you know, name a few people out there supporting the young lady. You know, her whole family was out there, but you know, I think she she won two matches, two two out of the three sets. You know, she didn't just completely dominate. You know what I mean? And um, Arena won one set, so you know, shout out to Coco for doing her thing and representing and keep inspiring, man. Keep inspiring. 
That's what we're here to do, man. In the world, keep inspiring and keep doing our thing, all right? Let me see, man. Is I missing anything for y'all? No, man. That's it. That's it for the day. I'll check back in with y'all, man. Y'all, y'all, likes, comment, subscribe. Tell a friend, like a friend, tell a friend, share a friend, say what needs to be said. Mike Williams, who was reported to have passed away by multiple media outlets, is alive and recovering after having life support removed via New York Post. Now, man, I just wanted to bring that up about Mike Williams and, you know, everybody saying he passed away. And, you know, Mike Williams, the receiver, played for the Bills and, 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 and the Bucks, uh, you know, had a, a short career. But, you know, as soon as they, you get a word that somebody's passed or somebody's gone and passed away, like everybody's so quick to jump on it and, and report it so fast, whether they're right or wrong. And death is so serious. You know, everybody want these likes and hits. And, and you know, that how do how you think that had to make his family feel, hearing all these reports and seeing all these reports that their loved one is dead and he's not dead, right? It's like just slow down and back up a little bit and just take a moment before you, you want to post these serious things because, you know, the guy is alive and, and, and recovering. And just to put that out there, it just has to be uh, such a terrible feeling for him, let alone his family. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that, that, that had to be terrible. Like, so, I, you know, I hope people learn from that situation and don't try to be so fast to post about uh, bad situations and death, of course, you know, especially death, because, you know, that's the worst of the worst. You know, just verify things and, and see before you do your homework a little bit. Do a little bit more research before you be quick to post it. Right. So that's that's Mike Williams, man. Uh, you know, a little sad story. He went through an accident, construction accident, and he's recovering. So he's uh he's doing better. He's not passed away, he's not gone. He's still here with us. All right. Now let me touch on this Thursday night football Detroit Lions versus Chiefs game. Right? I mean, I'm gonna give my opinion. Everybody giving their opinions and talking about it and you know, let me just go on and say it and put it out there. Now, I'm not sold on the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I'm, I said it. You know, they're getting all the praise and all that, but I'm not sold on the Detroit Lions. I said it, right? First of all, first, first, first and foremost, I'm going to give the Detroit Lions their credit. Yes, they deserve the credit for beating Kansas City butt. They beat Kansas City butt, whooped them up and down the field, right? But the bright spot for the, um, for the Detroit Lions that I did like, you know, that I will say, okay, this is pretty impressive. The, the secondary, led by C.J. Gardner, um, the emotional big homie leader. You know, if things ain't going right, he probably the one going to huddle them up, get the team together, and, and talk about it. The secondary looking like they gel together, look like they're having fun together, look like they know how to play together, right? That's the bright spot for me in the Detroit Lions, the secondary, right? But let's just, let's just be honest. You know, be honest. Kansas City Chiefs beat themselves. Patrick Mahomes did what he's supposed to do. Everybody else, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. The receivers, you talked about it. They're dropping the ball everywhere, right? And the touchdown, the interception for touchdown, this is why I say I'm not sold. Yes, Detroit Lions make the play, but that's how I put it. Detroit Lions made the play, but Kansas City gave you that play. And yes, this happens during games, right? But like uh, Coach Reed said it himself. You know, this is very uncharacteristic of any of any of his teams to drop this many balls, let alone to the opposing team to catch interceptions and run them back for the touchdown. So, like, if they play it again, 
it would be a totally different story. Guys is open, wide open. Mahomes is hitting them right in the hands, and everybody's dropping the ball. So what I'm saying is you got a little luck involved with games sometimes, and then you got a little skill involved. I need to see more skills when it comes to winning these games for, uh, for the Detroit Lions, right? I want to see more skill plays, more skill plays just happen that's making them contribute and win to the game, right? Not lucky tip balls. Yeah, that's a part of the game. Like I said, I know I ain't taking nothing away from that situation. But I, I, to make me a believer, that's what I want to see. And they led by Coach Dan, Dan Campbell, who is a, a defensive core, a defensive coach, which seems like a pretty good heck of a, a, a head coach to, to me. You know, what it looked like from the outside looking in. What I mean by a heck of a, a head coach is I like defensive head coaches. You know, team a, a guy that's going to have their team ready to be rough and tough, ready to go to battle, ready to go to war anywhere in the world at any time. And that's who you got with Coach Dan Campbell. He is going to have his team ready to play, ready to knock somebody's head off. And you can see that. They're out there flying around and, and making plays, right? And it, it was one situation in the game, right, that set the tempo. And this, this is what you got to understand when you defending Super Bowl champs. Everybody's gunning for you, right? Everybody wants wants your head. They want to beat you because if they beat you, it kind of makes them feel like they're the Super Bowl champion, especially if they're the first one to beat you, you know? Dan Campbell come, came into that game, coming to win, ready for war in any situation. What is the first, second series? Fake punt at Detroit Lions' own, what is 20, something like that, 20, 30, 40, something like that, you know, in, in their red zone area. Now, if that ain't some guts, you tell me. Him and, the, him and the um special teams coordinator decided that they wanted to do a fake punt. And it ain't too much you can see that's going to give you a tip if you can make it or not because you only can watch film from last year. And they went for it and got it. That set the tempo. That made KC realize they're in the game that they didn't expect to be in because they're the Super Bowl champs. You understand? That's their mindset. So now they're in a game that they don't really expect to be in. It's a fight. So I'm thinking that's, that caught them off guard a little bit and – like I said, you can tell by their body language. You know, I was looking in, you know, looking at their body language and, and the things they expected wasn't going how they expected. And they could see it in their body language, where they was moving around, especially when things weren't going right. And like uh, for, for, for Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid was Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes. The play calling was the play calling like Andy Reid does. Andy Reid goes out, he, got, he draws up all these explosive plays, these creative plays, and they're great plays. But what I don't like about it, and this is this is what happens with teams that throw the ball a lot, when you throw the ball so much, it creates inconsistency. So that's what happens. Sometimes it's you have a better percentage handing the ball off than throwing the ball and trying to catch it. So that's what kind of taking place when, he, when, when things ain't going right for Kansas City. It's more inconsistency because they're throwing the ball. So they threw the ball a lot, and now they dropped the ball. Now you're dropping the ball. Now you have inconsistent plays. Now the time is stopped. This is something I always vouch for, vouch for or, or, or try to recommend for, for Coach Reed. And, you know, you know, they like this is their toy. This is their this is they toy, you know, and this is their thing. So they, they like their plays, and they like to do what they like to do. They find statistics. They do homework and says what works, right? So, uh, you know, but in my opinion, like I said, if, if – if Andy Reid ran the ball a little more, man, I think his teams would be that much, much better. Now, he has an incredible quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, so, you know, he's able to get away with uh, with a little more than he was in, in the past because this guy is so creative and um, such a talent. So, you know, he kind of makes anything happen. But 
Like I said, get a little more balance attack, get a little more ball possession, control the time a little better. Man, Andy Reid be unstoppable for the next five to ten years. And now, you know, what you think going to happen with Patrick Mahomes? When Travis Kelsey come back, he, probably, he might get the first ten targets right off the rip. If he was there that uh, past Thursday night football game, man, he would have probably said, forget everybody else, man, I'm throwing to Travis Kelsey, man. I'm tired of y'all, y'all dropping the ball. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw the ball to who I can depend on, right? Like I said, he was creative and still making plays, putting it on the money. But um, you know, they just wasn't making plays. Did Travis Kelsey have effect on the game? Yes, obviously, because they was dropping the balls. Did Chris Jones have effect on the game? Um, they didn't have any sacks. Um, you know, whatever they had two sacks or something like that. Yeah, and you know, they got, they got, they got good pressure. So I, we don't know. You know, you gotta, you gotta feel like he'll make a difference if he was there. But, you know, and that, that, that's another thing, too. Like, it's, it probably had to feel a little crazy for them to, uh, to, uh, to see your player in the, in the stadium. And you're feeling like, I want you to come, go to war with me. I'm ready to go to war. But you're here in the dispute. So, you know, sometimes you got to understand it's a business. But I know it just had to feel a little crazy. Because if I'm a, you know, me personally, I'm a cornerback. I'm like, man, get on the field, bro. Like, I need you out here. I'm, I, I, if you, the more pressure you get, the easier it is for me to make interceptions and things like that. So, you know, I wonder if, uh, you know, if they if, if, if they had those feelings and, and whatnot and what have you. But just having them there and, uh, and watching him in the in the stands was, you know, it was a little awkward, a little awkward, a little awkward. But, you know, it is what it is. And, um, you know, until next time. Say what needs to be said. Mr. Pick 6, you know I'm out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.